podcast world what's up chat building back at you another episode of this life ain't for everybody thank you so much for the continuous support the guests have been awesome from major league baseball players to military to musicians and today is no different we have another musician that is in our area from nashville tennessee aka music city she hails from iowa which is kind of a, a really I don't know, like here's where I was not really known for country music artists. I don't know, like it's Georgia, it's Alabama, it's Tennessee, maybe one from Arkansas. You got you got Chris Knight and Stapleton from Kentucky and a bunch of guys from Kentucky. But Iowa, are you kind of like breaking the mold coming out of there? I know there's farmers up there and I know there's football players and I know that Dan Gable and the Hawkeye Wrestling, there's a ton of college wrestling up there. But country music, is there anybody out of Iowa that's in Nashville right now besides you? I don't really think so i mean do you want to hear my like quick iowa claim to fame yeah i want to hear i want to hear your claim to fame as soon as i tell people that this is Haley witters if you guys have been on itunes or spotify or anything w-h-i-t-t-e-r-s she has a new cd or new 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 music available called the days that was released a couple weeks ago i've been listening to it nonstop for the last 72 hours and there's a song on there that we're going to get to right after she tells us her claim to fame so Haley witters welcome to the podcast talk to me girl yeah thanks for having me heck yeah um so iowa uh you know, I was born and raised in Iowa and generations of my family, you know, have grown up there. And so my little like Iowa claim to fame, cause we don't have a whole lot. It is a lot of cornfields and farmers and stuff. But, um, John Wayne was born in Winterset, Iowa. Uh, Grant Wood, you know, the American Gothic pitchfork yeah. painting. He yeah. was actually raised, he was born in Anamosa, Iowa. And then he was raised in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is where I'm from. And then Mark Twain wrote for the Muscatine, Iowa Journal and quoted the sunset there being the best that he'd ever seen. Really? The sunset? Yeah. Buddy Holly's plane crashed in Clear Lake. That's kind of tragic. Buddy Holly with the big bopper. Yeah. Surf ballrooms out there. We got some cool things. Who else was supposed to be on that flight? Elvis or Waylon I think Waylon Jennings Jennings was supposed to be on that flight. Yeah. Yeah. That crashed in Iowa, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. So that's not a claim to fame. That's kind of like the tragic. Uh, that's, yeah. That's kind of like an infamous. Yeah. Claim to fame. What is your claim to fame there? What did you tell me about? I want to get into the the story a little bit of like how does a girl that's growing up in Iowa? Is it the radio that you're sitting there, kind yeah. of like a Don Williams song, and you're listening to Wolfman Jack totally. every night going off in your head? How does yeah. That- so I mean, I'm you know, music wasn't something like my family really did. I mean, everyone is very creative, but I'm come from like a very blue collar family, and so um, you know, there wasn't much music other than the radio for me to really kind of you know, gravitate towards, but that's what I did. I just listened to country radio and in the nineties, it was like Alan Jackson and Shania Twain and the the Dixie chicks were really big. So, um, I just had this like, you know, gravitate, like I just wanted to do music and country music and just started kind of feeling my way through the dark with it. I got a guitar. Um, I remember, a, a elementary school guidance counselor told me that, um, you know, I should start writing songs. So I just started writing songs and, uh, took in a, elementary school. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. when I was really young, I mean, I, I didn't really do much about it. My dad was like, you know, he always wanted us to get outside and we grew up riding four wheelers and, you know, shooting guns and things like that. And just kind of being out together. It was, you know, 
I once I got older, I started getting a little more serious about music. And then that's when my mom brought me down to Nashville. And then it was like game over. I got to move to Nashville. And so, um, I mean, there's not a huge music community. There wasn't a whole lot for me to do musically. I would play at bars. I would play at a sushi bar in our ta- in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> like, nice. there's just not much of a music scene. Now there is, I guess, you know. But then I moved to Nashville, and I've been there for 12 years. So, you know, I really didn't have anyone. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I just turned 30. And you've been there how long? Since I was 17. So do you graduate high school first? Are you like a kid genius that graduates early? Or No. I graduated and, um, you know, I was young for my grade. So I moved down to Nashville when I was 17 and then like a month later turned 18. So are, are you wearing your mom and dad and your aunt and uncles and your friends out with this guitar and always wanting to sing for everybody? And there it's kind of like the Haley talent show every night totally. or, or, or are they putting you up on this pedestal and saying, Hey, listen to my daughter, listen to my niece and go get your guitar. And so like, cause something has to spark your interest or your guts to mm-hmm. move to Nashville. Cause being a 17 year old girl, you don't really think about, I mean, you can move away for college or you go to college in your hometown, you get in a mm-hmm. dorm room, but moving to Nashville, I mean, that's like, that's as big as it gets. That's yeah. a huge move. It takes yeah, a lot of Yeah, nine hours away from home. And yeah. I'm the oldest of six. So I think it was like, you know, I've always been kind of independent. And I think just being young and kind of, you know, ignorant to like what it all was, I just moved. And my parents were always really supportive. I mean, my brother would always tell me to shut up because he was tired of listening to me. But yeah. um, my parents were always super supportive and really encouraged me to do it. And I have a giant family. And so when I would play around town, all my family and cousins and stuff would come out and everyone was just really supportive, you know? So when you, because of that support, did you find it being an easy decision of like, Hey, I have what it takes, or is it just a dream? Were you going to go down there and see how you mount? Like 12 years is a long time to be in Nashville. Totally. And and you're climbing, you're, you're, you're getting there, but it's not, it's not overnight success. Like some people Mm -hmm. would think to where you watch Carrie on idol and she's like all of a sudden, you know, selling out 4,500 seat places or theaters. And then she keeps growing her career. It's, the, the honky tonk life, the Broadway life, the Midtown life, Music City. And then you get out, maybe you get on a little small tour, you get to open, we'll get into some of the acts that you play with, mm-hmm. who you write with. But you you get to Nashville and how does a 17 year old girl persuade a bar owner to let her get up on stage? Or how do you persuade writers to co-write with you? Or how do you persuade publishing to take you on at 17? I mean, mm-hmm. you got to just be, you're wet behind the ears. And now all of a sudden you're like going into the real world in a heartbeat. Yeah. No talent show, no discovery, no agent, nobody. Right. So how does it happen? Yeah. I mean, I just, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. So I just kind of just started doing anything and I'd go to walk into some of these bars and I just, you know, I remember the first time I went to Tootsie's, I just walked to Broadway because when I first moved to Nashville, I didn't even have a car. So I just moved, um, I, I walked down to Broadway and I just marched into Tootsie's and when the band took a break, I went up and asked one of the guys in the band if I could play a gig. And <laughs> he was kind of like, yeah, okay, come back on Sunday, we'll do like an audition. So I like I came back and... I don't even know if he like showed up, (laughs) but I just kept showing up and I just kept asking and like, you know, thankfully, you know, someone finally gave me a gig and then I just started trying to stay on it and message them again the next week. Can I come back? Can I come back? And persistence. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, 
people were always writing in Nashville. I got, you know, I kind of learned like it was a songwriting town. So um, I threw myself into that network and started asking anybody. I'd go to a show and if I liked their songs, I'd go up after the show and say, hey, can we, I'm a writer too. You want to write sometime? So I just kind of started throwing myself into it. I really just, I didn't have anyone telling me how to do it. So I just started, I just jumped in, you know, and started feeling my way through it. And so when you get that, when you get that chance on the microphone, when the, when the band says, yeah, come on, get in here. What, is it a cover or is it an original? I think at that point it was probably a cover. Do you remember which one? Was it Reba? Was it Winona? Was it a big, what was, was it like covering at that point? I was covering like a suds in the bucket. I think Sarah Evans, Sarah Evans. I was covering, I was covering, um, that Jody Messina song heads Carolina. I love that song. Awesome song. Yeah. Should have been a cowboy. I was covering that. You know, I'd just been from back home, you know, playing three hour cover gigs in the bars. I was just, that's what I was kind of doing. I had a handful of original songs, but. It you seems know. like when you're in that position, though, and you're playing for a bunch of tourists that are drinking yeah. beer and tootsies, that they, to sing a cover, you know, you probably have to get integrated a little bit with your audience before, I mean, a, an original, before you can pull out an original. It's like when you go to see somebody like that's got radio hit, mm-hmm. it's amazing what that does to the fanfare and mm-hmm. the crowd's reaction. Then somebody that's up there singing a bunch of originals that nobody's heard, even mm-hmm. no matter how clever they are, no matter how well-constructed and witty the song is, no matter how strong the hook is or the bridge, it's almost like, what do you have to do to get the, you got to have a radio hit. Right. It's, it's, it's weird how that is. It's like when you see the difference of like, let's take Luke Combs, a concert before the hit. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden hurricane or whatever that song is hits or whatever that was. Right. And then it's, it's, it's a totally different audience. Totally. So when you're in that position at 17 years old, you got to sing something that they're familiar with and yeah. you start singing a Toby Keith, you know, a number one hit that Toby Keith had the crowd's into it. They're drinking beer. They're having fun. And that's what somebody that, you know, like Steve, the owner of Tootsie's expects his acts yeah. to do probably. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it gives like, it gives people who've never heard of you a, like a familiarity thing. They're like, Oh, I know this song and she sings it pretty good. Like what else does she sing? You know? Yeah. And then you can start to kind of introduce some of your own originals. You know, well, I think what's cool about this is, this is what I, I, I see in your music. And again, I'm just a duck hunter that loves music, <laughs> but when you when you read a song that says red wine and blue, okay, I read those that that title and I automatically think, oh, here comes another sappy party song that's just going to be some girl talking about you know American pride and her wine, <laughs> and then and then and then the song plays and I'm like, how freaking clever is this? Yeah. Instead of red, white, and blue, yeah. it's red wine. Yeah. And I'm blue. Yeah. I'm drink. It's is am I wrong? Am I right? No, in, that's it. In interpreting that you're drinking at noon, you're yep. drinking in the afternoon because you're 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 lonely, you're you're yep. sad, your heart's broke. Yeah. And then the the song takes a completely different route because of clever songwriting. Yeah. Which is a lot of what country music, in my opinion, country radio and today is missing. Right. I honestly, you know, I, I think of a lot of it, the songs on the radio as like cubicle country of just these robots that That's are writing. Good. It. That's I, a good, yeah. It, it's just like cubicle country is what I named it like three years ago. It's like I, I, I picture this board, this big office building with just little tiny cubicles. They can barely move their chair and they're just putting stuff together as fast as they can. Yep. And Factory. I'm just, like, I'm just like, how many more songs can I hear about that 
or that or that. And it's not me to say, I get what sells. I get what drives revenue. I get what drives ticket sales. Fine. Yeah. But Waylon would roll over in his grave at a lot of the stuff that I hear on the radio. Yeah. So when you hear something that's refreshing like that, or you hear a song about, oh, here comes another country girl from the Midwest that's singing about the heartland. Yeah. George Strait had a song about the heartland. But then yeah. you listen to you and it's like, if you're, if you're going to deal with what life deals you, if you're going to let the cards lay where they lay, you got to let your heart land. Meaning, in my opinion, the way that I interpret, which is what's so cool to music and me, and I'm not trying to ramble on, I'm just saying like, I love what music does to you because it lets you interpret it the way you want. So mm-hmm. my heart landed here and my passion's here mm-hmm. and you got to do that. You got to, totally. and that's what that song did to me. And I was like, it's not just another song. Right. So the creativity in the songs is what sets you apart. And that's what I wrote is like this girl set apart from a lot of the acts that I hear because it's not run of the mill sappiness that is just coming out of the cubicle. Yeah. And I, and that's a compliment. I'm not trying to, no, put I love that. Yeah. it's just unbelievable to me when I play a song like that and I'm like, wow, that's nothing nowhere. And then when I watched you perform last night, I was like, this chick is legit. I don't know. I don't know if chicks derogatory. Is that, is that, (laughs) is that a politically incorrect (laughs) statement? This girl is freaking legit. She's, she's awesome interaction with the audience. Her story's cool. She's cute and giggly and freaking doesn't take herself (laughs) serious. And then when she hits the guitar and her band starts up, her lyrics are legit and her band's awesome. So like, to me, it's like, what does it take to get that crowd, what does it take to get that radio hit? What does it mm-hmm. take to get that pub deal, that record deal? And I know you got a pub deal with Carnival. Yeah. And we can get into that. But man, good for you on this songwriting. Thank you. And I, and, I, and it's so badass to know that you're doing this. I, I, I always think that co-writes are cool. Like, yeah. but why? Could you not come up with a song by yourself? I was asking Brent Cobb that last night. He's like, no, I, I could probably finish a lot of them by myself, but he enjoys co-writing. Mm-hmm. Is that the same with you on these, or did you pin these yourself? Tell me a little bit um, about those two songs I talked about. Okay, so uh, okay, so Red Wine and Blue, I wrote that with... Uh, so the I got that idea for that song, actually, because it was the 4th of July, and I love red wine and so i was drinking just red wine out of a solo cup on like a freaking 100 degree day in july and then my brain just kind of clicked and then i brought it into brandy and um jesse joe dylan and jesse had just kind of been dating some guy in hollywood and it was just a rough relationship and whatnot and so i just started kind of strumming on the guitar and um, we just wrote this kind of like, you know, Patsy Cline-esque, just, you know, like broken heart song about getting drunk in the middle of the day. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that one is like, I definitely feel like that's kind of like a more lyrically driven song, you know. And for me, I feel like I'm more a writer than a, a singer. I've always just wanted to be more known for writing more than necessarily my voice. So, you know, lyrics are always just really important to me. And I try and think of something that's different and something that is, you know, me speaking my own language and my own interpretation on life. Um, Heartland was, you know, a song I wrote with uh, Nicole Galleon and Forrest Whitehead. And that, you know, being from the Midwest, especially, you know, um, it has such a soft spot in my heart and especially being so far from home all the time, I was kind of hitting this point where I was just feeling really homesick. And just after being in Nashville for a decade and feeling like I hadn't really gotten anywhere, I was kind of like, what am I even doing here still? And, um, 
you know, exactly what you're saying. Like, I think that when we're young, we're just chasing these dreams and like we're terrified of settling. We think settling down is a negative thing. But um, that song is kind of more me just, you know, really growing into myself, I feel like a little more, you know, and just kind of not not necessarily settling down, but just growing into my journey and growing into who I am and like being cool with it. You know, I feel like Nashville kind of threw me for a loop a little while where it's like that town will try and change you and like make you feel really lost and like, you know, make you like every other blonde girl that's singing country music. And, you know, for a while I was trying to fit in and then I was like, wait, I feel like doing this by doing this. I'm just watering myself down and I don't even really know who I am anymore. So then I kind of just said, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do my thing. You know, and so that song was kind of like a returning to my roots and like returning to the reason that I came here in the first place. And um, yeah, and then it's just kind of an ode to where I'm from, because anytime Nashville does make me feel a little crazy, like, you know, going back up there, going home, being surrounded by the people that have been supporting me in the beginning since the beginning and just the people who are early believers and just my my family and, you know everybody it just makes me feel like i know what i'm doing again you know and you said some things in there that made me think of like when you're going back home and settling and knowing where you're supposed to be letting your heart land where it's supposed to um it's it's like a, a big stress reliever it's like yeah it's like you the, the world's off your shoulders and you're like i know what i know i'm here i know what i'm doing i'm not gonna let the city or the nightlife or the honky-tonk lifestyle change me which i've seen it change a lot of people mm -hmm. and I don't even live there but, yeah totally. but but hearing you say that is refreshing because it it, it you're you're still there mm -hmm. success has happened a lot in the last year yeah because you've made that decision to say hey I'm gonna do things my way yeah I'm not gonna be a you know a outlaw per se but I'm not yeah. going to I'm not gonna let this change me and it's cool to hear you say the other thing I was thinking about Haley is you, you made the comment about, I might just be a songwriter and maybe I'm not a performer, which mm -hmm. you are a good performer. Mm, thank you. But here's what I, when you start saying how you start to mature in life and how you start to settle and how you start to think different than when you did when you were 17, 18, it's the same thing as a fan. And I want fans to understand when you're listening to music at 18, when I was listening to, you know, something like Sweet Child of Mine, you know, you can see my, my, mm. my inspirations here yeah. or or D Snyder or Zach Brown or any of the songs that you name. When I would listen to music when I was a kid, I never knew who wrote the songs. Right. I did re read the sleeve. I would right. open it up and I'd read, but I never really paid attention to like written by Axl Rose or Slash. I never written. The songwriting is the most important part of this. I, I understand how big production is and how right. strong Dave Cobb is and some of these producers in Nashville, but people need to understand and dig deep and do an inner, a deep dive into songwriting. And that's mm -hmm. that song, that, that show that's on the you know major TV now and network TV songville or whatever. Oh, Songland. It, yeah. it, it, Songland. It yeah. actually kind of gives a new, it's a hit show Yeah, and it's really well done in my opinion. And I think that songwriting is so badass. I, it's yeah. one of my, I'm envious of people that can do it. Yeah. I've done it. I've yeah. tried to do it. I got like 20 started and yeah. two finished yeah. and, and it's amazing. I think it's an amazing talent to have. So, yeah. I think people should really pay attention. Like when you're listening to that music, like, do you know who Dean Dillon is? Do you know how many right. hits he wrote for George Strait? Right. Yeah. George can sing, uh, you know, a, a recipe and make it, make it a hit. Right. But Dean Dillon put those lyrics together, right? Yeah. With co-writers. Yeah. So I think, I think it's cool that you understand like how, how awesome it is, what you yeah. have that, that talent of songwriting yeah. and to 
hear you talk about your inspiration for these songs. That is what's the coolest part to songwriting is that when I'm around a singer songwriter and they hear it and they're like, Oh, he just said cubicle country. That gets your mind thinking. You're like, notes, notes. Leith Lofton was with me in Canada last week. Mm. He, he just grabs his phone and he just starts taking notes. Yeah. And then he might go and hit on him a little bit later. Totally. And it's a badass thing to be able to do it because you're always telling stories. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like songwriters are just like professional people watchers. You know, like we're just constantly watching the way people interact and like what, you know, it's just like, it's the coolest job. And, you know, to go back to your question, like I definitely, I do my record that I'm releasing right now in the middle of it. You know, there's nothing on there that I wrote by myself, but like my last record, I had three songs on it, maybe that I wrote by myself and the new one that's going to be coming out next year, there's going to be some hundred percenters. But I do think that, you know, Nashville is a co-write town, but like there is a, you can tell a difference when someone's writing a song by themselves and when it's um, cubicle country kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can tell the more writers, it starts to maybe lose a little bit of that unique, you know, uniqueness. Um, But I do love both, you know, and I think it's just like, best ideas you know you love both as far as co-writing I lo- and, and, and writing by myself so do you love everything that's on country radio right now not necessarily but you are you somebody that just sits on the fence because it's hard to talk about is, is it hard to go against the grain and say well i don't i don't agree with what a lot of the songs that make radio or w- mm-hmm. what's being played on radio mm-hmm. is that a no-no to do because you don't want to chance it of somebody hearing you say that and then and then it like being a black eye to you in nashville Yeah, no, not really. I mean, like, I listen to a lot of different music, honestly. And throughout the years of country music, there's always been shitty country music. It's just a thing, you know? Like, I don't really, you know, I listen to the radio sometimes, and I don't listen to the radio a lot of other times. It's just kind of, I used to spend a lot of energy being mad about it and negative about it. And then I'm just like, this is just making me bitter. So just, like, focus on the good things and, like, you know, the people that, I want to listen to music that inspires me to write great things. So if I said, I want you to tell me right now without thinking about it too long, the mm-hmm. three female artists mm-hmm. from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and two thousands that you would listen to because you were looking for inspiration and you're looking for good country music. Mm-hmm. Who do you pick in three? Um, so they don't have to necessarily be on country radio though. Nope. Okay. Let me think about this. I might have to go backwards. Um, Patty Griffin. I loved Patty Griffin and she wrote a bunch of that Dixie Chicks stuff. So that's kind of like when I was in high school bumming around on that home record, I was listening to a lot of Patty Griffin. Um, I mean, that's the, that's also the interesting thing about that is like what you were saying about Dean Dillon is like, I would have thought that Dixie Chicks wrote those songs, you know, and then you go find and you find like Patty was like kind of the main, like the creative and force like Natalie in or that somebody record. would put a little bit into him to Natalie or any of the Dixie chicks, right? Yeah. I mean, they did a little bit, but I, you know, like for example, Matresa Berg. Okay. She's a great writer. She wrote a lot of those songs that I was listening to that were on country radio. You know, she wrote X's and O's, Trisha Yearwood. She wrote strawberry wine. She, she was the artist in the nineties that I was growing up on. I just didn't know her because she wasn't the artist. But she is all those songs that I loved. That's her. So she's an artist to me. You know, like, I don't know, whatever happened with her career, why she never 
made it or whatever, but she was like the one that I guess I was listening to and looking for. That's cool. That's a cool way to put it. Isn't that cool? That's like it's cool. like Dean Dillon, like Dean Dillon is George Strait. People don't know that, but like he wrote all those George Strait songs. So yeah. that's like Dean Dillon's just as much the artist to me, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. 90s, So 80s. Griffin is one or did you name two girls in that one? That's Patty, um, Matresa. Who else did I love? I mean, Dolly. So, you know, when I last year, you know, I was on the road a lot. And so what I would do is I was just put on, um, you know, Spotify and I would just try and get through Dolly's entire discography and I would just start at the top. And, um, I, she would, there would be years back then you could make so much money in music. People were releasing like three to five records a year. So I like started at the top and I just go through and like, it was really interesting to see all the songs that she put on records because she would write about, I mean, anything could have been about, you know, she could have turned into a song back then. I feel like Nashville now is always like, well, is it a hit? Is it a single? Because if it's not, it's not worth writing. And like back then, I mean, she would write, you know, songs about just anything and everything. And that's what's cool. Like it kind of inspired me. Like, I don't think there's ever like you can't write off an idea before you even like write it or give it a shot to be heard. You know, you never know what songs people are going to gravitate towards. But I don't know. I thought that was a really that was a really inspiring thing to um, go through her catalog and see what she was always talking about. Did you did you go see her at the Opry or anything last week? Didn't they do a big? Thing I was on the, road. You were on the road. Yeah, I love Dolly though. So do I. Yeah, she's great. Love her music. We grew up on it. Yeah. Love listening to her. Yeah. So she's your third. Yeah. Okay. So what about what about girls that are your age on the radio now? Mm-hmm. Who are who are you into? Are you do you like McBride? Do you like Marin? I know you have some. Ashley type. McBride. Yeah. Yeah, Ashley's cool. Um, I love I love that Marin record that she just put out and. You know, um, who else do I love that's a chick right now? Um, I really like, you know, Caroline Spence. Do you know Caroline? She's kind of in the Americana world. She was just out with Tyler Childers. She's a good buddy. He's awesome. Yeah. God, he's awesome. I love Brandi Clark. I love Lori McKenna. Lori's another writer that's had a huge, like, influence on my writing. Um, when I first got to town, I was just worshiping her records, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, as much as you want, like anyone wants to talk shit about the state of music these days, there's a, there's a lot of great music also being made. And it's like, you can't focus on the bad crap, yeah. just keep empowering the good stuff that's coming out. Cause that's the only thing that's going to start changing the tide a little bit, you know? You want the tide to go the other way? I do. Well, I want it to get like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a bummer to me to like grow up on country radio and you're hearing shit like Red Rag Top, you know, and um, Remember When and Strawberry. Like some of these really like great, great, well-written songs. I remember hearing like I was freaking mopping the floor when I was probably like 12 and um, Remember When came on and then. Leon Womack, I Might Hate Myself in the Morning came on next. And I was just like, you're like two really great, well-written songs back to back that would never be on country radio today. Never. Never. I don't know if any of Leon's stuff would be. And she's yeah. as good as it gets. I know. And she's stone cold country. So it does bum me out a little bit, mostly because it's so one-dimensional. Like what you were saying earlier, it's like, 
you know, you could hear so much perspective when I was growing up on the radio and you're not, you're hearing one thing and it's the party where it's going down Friday night and who's bringing the beer and what chicks are going to be there. Whose tailgate is going to be. Yeah. And so I just, I think like, what are the, like, what are the like 12 year old me's listening to hearing what's inspiring them to want to do this and move to Nashville and move nine hours away from home and take a chance on it and write it. And that's where I was going song, with this. It's like you know? where the, the inspiration has to come back to people to want to make that move. Yeah. Cause that's a big thing to do. And I don't know if you can get it with cubicle country yeah. and another girl popping out of a lake in a bikini with a tattoo. Totally. And, and, and you just, I don't know. And I don't, I, I, I'm not saying that they don't deserve to do whatever they want, and right. make money, but it's the, it's the whole industry that I think just like, if you listen to that's the way love goes, mm -hmm. it would never, ever see the light of day. Mm -hmm. George Strait barely sees the light of day right now. And his new album was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. God and country music. That should have been like a worldwide phenomenon, which I, I know that it did some stuff, but George and Jamie Johnson wrote a song two or three years ago over text messages called kicked out of country. Mm. And you can find Interesting. it. You can find it on YouTube where George sings "Kicked Out of Country" because of that whole what what we're discussing right now is like how in the hell would George Strait, who's called the king mm -hmm. for a reason, mm -hmm. get kicked out of country? Mm -hmm. What did he do to Nashville yeah. to not be because he's not that cubicle country that's yeah. doing that's that's doing the uh, you know selling the tickets to a bunch of eighteen and twenty year olds that are going to these festivals? Which again, I'm I'm stereotyping there, yeah. but to me, that's a lot what drives it. Yeah. Is that if you can get an 18 year old high school girl or boy to throw their hands in the air and be a, you know, a roughneck going down a dirt road with a 12 pack in the back and you're down to a party and, or you're fighting the next County over and you got all this pride going on. Right. That, that's who's going to go buy those tickets and go stand there and watch those shows. Totally. Hoping to hear that song. Yeah. When I want, I want, I wanted to revert back to like, I think like, where did somebody like Jamie Johnson go? Mm -hmm. What happens to somebody's mental capacity or their outlook on stuff to be like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. Like yeah. we, we is a, 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 this is going to sound really tacky or I don't know if tacky is the right word. You're a wordsmith. You tell me what word I'm looking for. <laughs> this is going to sound something, but we deserve more music from Jamie Johnson. I want more. He hasn't put out a freaking CD in like five years. Right. That lonesome song is one of the best all around country it's albums of all time, record, in my yeah. opinion. And I know that you throw that term around like oh, it's the best of all time, but literally track to track, it's hard to beat that yeah. album. It truly, yeah. it truly is. It truly is. And that's, and, and I just think like, where did the, where does it go? Where's the, where are the good singers? Why are they just gone all of a sudden? Where is yeah. Mark Chestnut? Where is mm -hmm. Travis Tritt? I know where Tracy Lawrence is kind of, but dude, or dude, ma'am, those guys <laughs> were freaking awesome, man. When you would go to a Mark Chestnut concert back in the nineties, it was country music to a T. Yeah. Travis Tritt country music he'd do Waylon and he would do his originals and it was unbelievable mm -hmm. even today when you see Travis so I don't know if they're just like they get pushed aside and it's time for the new flavor mm -hmm. to come in but why can't they share it yeah. why does why does there have to be prime country to where I have to go to prime country why can't they still have hits it doesn't right. make sense to me right and I don't I know that I'm barking up a, a tree that you probably have had conversations with until you're blue in the face but to me like those are the guys that were that country music was awesome at that time totally and now you're like, do I really want to rap mixed in with the middle right. of my, my country song? Right. Yeah, you're talented. You could rap. I could rap a little bit. I mean, I think I can. Right. But Waylon Jennings never rapped. Right. But is that the wrong attitude to have too? Because when I listen to Waylon or Willie or or a, a Christopherson song, when, yeah. I, when you listen to the Willie Nelson does Christopherson disc, 
I, when he does me and Bobby McGee, I'm mm. just like, oh my God, mm-hmm. Janice did it awesome. But that was songwriting. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like you look at that guitar that I'm going to have you sign today. Yeah. Chris Christofferson signed that guitar for us. Dang, dude. And when he did that, you're just like shaking going, this could be the best songwriter of all time in country music. He could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he is, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, there's Dean Dillon. There's guys that have had yeah. a lot of hits, but can, is anybody write better than Chris Christofferson? I just want people to understand like, and again, we're not the end all. Haley, yeah. I get that everybody's we think we are. but yeah, I, I just wish that people understood like, man, there's a, there's a better, there's a better music out there. Yeah. And that's like something that, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's a large like portion of country fans that are being wildly underserved by radio right now, you know? And it's like, who knows? It's this weird time now where everyone's streaming music. And so a lot of things are changing and, you know, look at someone like Tyler Childers, he blew up and he didn't have radio, you know, and he's selling shit tons of tickets and doing music his way. And, you know, I think it's also this weird time because trap guys are now a thing in Nashville. And so no longer is it necessarily about the lyric, but it's about the beat. And like, you know, that's what radio's playing and they're not really giving. So if you put up like a song, like, you know, body like a back road up against like a Jamie Johnson song or something. It just sonically is sounding different because those are two different like feels. You know what I mean? And so clever song, but it's not country. Yeah. And it's It's just it's just like it's like a hard. That's what I you know, I'm saying it's kind of like just a little one dimensional right now. There's not really room for all these other artists who are still making really great music but is it country is it country or is it where the money is because country music concerts are easily i would guess probably the biggest drivers of revenue in Mm -hmm. music right now there's rock shows out there yeah some festivals yeah but i would i would put up country music in these stadium shows that somebody like kenny's doing Mm -hmm. or stapleton's just announced a big concert with jamie johnson willie nelson in texas tickets are going to sell he announced another big stadium show in kentucky with willie that's people are going to nashville i think because that's where the money is right so but it's not when i hear body like a back road and i think sam's great i mm-hmm. think that's fine you talk on your songs you do a lot of it's different style yeah but it, it spent 15 or 16 or however many weeks at number one on country radio and it doesn't really sound country to me mm-hmm. it sounds poppy to me it mm-hmm. sounds boys the menish to me yeah. not in a i love boys the man right it's a cool sounding song it's totally it, it gets you singing it but it doesn't have a steel guitar and it doesn't have a Mickey on the harmonica. Not that every country music does, but mm-hmm. I just don't know why that's on country radio. Mm-hmm. That's is, is, is that ignorant to say, or is it, is it, is it take hey, country music is that's where it is. And that's where it's going to stay. You think? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, like I've never identified, like I'm not a pop country artist. That's not really like my music, my style, what drives me, you know, but like, I don't know. I, I I want there to be a place where there's, you know, more variety and more people like more styles can exist and still be profitable and get the same platforms. You know, um, I don't know where that is right now. I honestly don't. If you find it, let me know. Well, I wish I did. I wish that I would I, like to be on it. You know, for me not to be able to turn on like the songs I just mentioned on your disc, like both of those should be radio hits. They're, mm. they're awesome. And I'm not just saying that cause you're here. They're good. They're, it's good country music. Thank what, you. what be, what Brent does yeah. is, is, is as genius songwriting as I've ever heard. Yeah. He just, he writes his song in so many, in, in such a different way than most people. Yeah. Like the second verse of morning's going to come. Yeah. I listen to that and I'm just like, holy shit, that's America. 
Yeah. Like that is like, I watched that happen so many times with the single wide trailer and the silk sheets and you're cozy when you're in it, but you better get out of there before the sun comes up kind of deal. Yeah. And I'm just like, how did he wordsmith that together like that? Yeah. And it's not on the radio. Yeah. He's a great writer. He's great at everything. Yeah. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. His, his, his new album, there's newest one province Canyon. Like it is so funky and oh, so yeah. country and so d- deserves to be heard. Right. And we have a small voice and being able to get it out to our audience. And every time we post something, like, listen to this. I get inundated with messages. Oh, thank you so much for turning that's me awesome. on to this guy. It is awesome. Yeah, that's Because awesome. now people are like, they, they find Brent Cobb and they're like, how do we find more? Yeah. How do we go? How do we get more Brent Cobb? You, I, I just wonder why one of those songs wouldn't be on country radio mm-hmm. as opposed to what's on country radio. And right. it's, it's got to be something because of what these record labels, are will, record labels are willing to put their investment behind to let these songs climb the charts. When yeah. to me, I don't think that you could have ears and not like the sound of those songs. Totally. I just think it's a humanly impossible to not like it. Yeah. Everybody would like those songs. Yeah. So why wouldn't they be a driver on radio? Right. That's the way I look at it. Right. Totally. But, but I don't know the music business good enough. I don't know it either, man. Dude, I've been there 12 years and I still can't figure it out. Do you love out. it still? I'd like parts of it. Like, you know, like I just focus on the parts that I do like and like, you know, I do like being able the things that I've been able to do this past year and like um have just kind of like relit a fire and just been like hey you're doing it stay here you're seeing some things happen and getting to do some things that you've always wanted to do and like those are cool moments for me you know like it's definitely you know it it still gets difficult and every day you're like I don't know is this ever gonna do anything am I good enough but you know Every once in a while, someone throws you a bone and it just feels worth it. So when you say throw your bone, I just was bringing up my notes and um, you were on tour with Marin Morris. Yeah. When you, and I'm not out, you don't have to answer this if you yeah. don't want, but when you come off stage and you stand side stage, say mm-hmm. side stage and you know where, you know, I, I remember when, when her EP came out mm-hmm. and, and had like four songs on it and I was like, this girl's legit. Yeah. She can sing her ass off. Mm-hmm. And then... She was country as heck to where now Marin is kind of, she segued into a bunch of mm-hmm. different things. Not totally where Taylor Swift is, but it's almost like she's going that route to where she's talking to a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, demographics out there. Not yeah. just the country crowd, even though she loves, she is country yeah. and the high woman and all that is very country yeah. and what her and, and Carlisle and all of them are doing. But when you stand, when you stand side stage, Brittany, yeah. and you listen to her. Do you tell yourself, I'm there, I'm on that level, I can do that, I can sing that note, I can hit that note, or are you blown away and you're like, oh my God, I'm nowhere near where she is? I, I, I've i never had that experience mm-hmm. with Marin, mm-hmm. but is is that what, is she on a different level vocally, or do you or do you compare to that, or what's, oh, drive, what's driving her success right She's now? She's great. She's a great vocalist. Like, I don't, I don't really try and hit her, like, her whole thing is so her, and that's, you know... I love what she does. That's not me though. So I don't even try and compare us in the same thing, you know? And like, I love her record and I wear it out and I, it's fun to stand side stage and see her thriving because she is a phenomenal artist and she deserves all the success that she's having. And so, you know, I'm just glad to be a part of it and to get to watch it. I don't, I don't try and compare myself to her. Am I worse? Am I better? Like, that's just toxic shit. Have you ever got, 
had toxic shit in your mind though in Nashville and being like, totally. you've got to be kidding Every me. Day. I should be there. I should Every be there. day and not even mean being in Nashville, but like our society these days, we can turn on our phones and instantly compare ourselves to everyone who's having a great day on Instagram. Everybody's happy. Like you just cannot, you will dig yourself into a hole if you do that. And so rather than compare and tear down, why don't we just build each other up and be happy for success? Like there's enough success to go around and Nashville tries to tell you there's not, but there is, you know, and it's like it's a great attitude. Yeah. It's and like, it, it would be so awesome if keyboard muscle and in, in the guy and the people that will get on there and hide behind a name or the critics and the Raiders and the, the, the people that aren't doing it mm-hmm. that want to do it mm-hmm. will Taylor Swift had it. And I've talked about this line before, but she had a line in a song that people throw rocks at things that shine. Mm. And that's got to mean what it means. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got, that's what we're talking about yeah. is that when you're climbing the ladder, Hey, good for you. Go, Brittany. Get your guitar. Go sing at the sushi restaurant. Right. And now all of a sudden you're ripping up there. And the first thing people want to do is be like, nope, I'm going to pull you off of that rung. I'm going to pull, I'm going to throw this rock at you because you're shining. And they're not. Right. And in our our whole society is built around envy and jealousy of like, so that's why I asked that question. Like the toxic stuff, when, when I've known artists that have voiced that to me, Instagram, oh my God, they're, they, they look how big their crowd is. Mm-hmm. Look how many people are out there. Right. Oh, they just got a deal. They're on Fallon tonight. Right. I've, I've heard musicians. I've heard people that I know I will never say the names, Yeah. but like had to get off social media for six yeah. months because they could not handle the, what, what was going on in their mind because they weren't in their lane anymore. Totally. They're in this lane and then they're taking this turn and they're in this guy's lane and this girl's lane. Totally. And, and I'm like, just get the, quit looking at it then. Yeah. Do your thing. Totally. And, 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 and figure out where your heart's going to land. Is right. That, look at me go yeah, back man. to that. But that's exactly what, that's, that's what that song's saying. That's what social media is doing. I've heard that there's even like new medications being formed for childhood therapy. depression and therapy yeah. and all this stuff because people are always like, well, I didn't get that many likes. Right. Yeah. So? It's gross. Isn't it it's gross? It's so weird. Again, but yeah, I get it. It's got to totally revert back that. the other way, Brittany. Yeah. Music does. The social media has got to go away. Yeah. It's like, and I, we can't be ignorant to it. It's a great marketing platform because so many eyeballs are on it and watching it every day. Mm-hmm. You can't be the guy that's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Because then you're like, well, there's a lot of traditional things that aren't working anymore, whether it's newspapers or print ads. And, and mm-hmm. we don't need to get into all the different types of marketing, but social media is strong. Right. But in this instance... In the toxic toxicity 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 (laughs) i think that i think that uh who had that album toxicity who had that song uh the rock band that sings real fast bring your byob system of the down toxicity Um, they were badass yeah i don't think they're together i think they might be getting back together right now um off subject a little bit but it it, when you're you're standing side stage Mm -hmm. but Maybe you don't even have to be there. Do you ever wake up in your in in your place where you lay your head every night mm-hmm. and just be like, "Gosh, damn it! I I why am I not doing what she's doing?" Or do you yeah. have this attitude when you're not on microphone of being like, "Hey, man, go get it, girl," because you you use the word thriving for Marin. Yeah, a lot of people would be like, "How in the hell did she? Wh- where'd she come from? What she didn't? She doesn't deserve this." I've been in Nashville twelve mm-hmm. years. I mm-hmm. I need to be there. But you're sitting there going, "Go, girl!" And that's yeah. re- again, that's a refreshing outlook. So yeah. to me. That is why good things are happening because I honestly think that the doors will close way faster if you have that toxicity built up. Oh, you're, totally. you're, you're not going to have, you're not going to get to taste a lot of success because right. you're so focused on right. what somebody else is doing. Totally. 
Exactly. And, and you can't draw, you can't have drive in a positive, optimistic manner if you're doing it because this guy, I got to go work. I got to go today because mm-hmm. I got to get to where he's at or where she's at. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Totally. And write badass songs. Yeah. Because if you don't write these kind of songs. Yeah. All you're going to do is just be a me too or a, or a cubicle country. Right. This is what's going to open doors is yeah. staying positive and being like, that's a good, that's a well-constructed song. Yeah. If you keep that attitude and at the same time, you're like, hell yeah, Marin. Mm-hmm. Cause now Marin might be like, Hey, I got a bigger tour next year. Yeah. You rolling. How did you meet Marin? How does that even come about? Um, you know, I, I know Ryan pretty yeah. well and, and he's a bad, I love Ryan. Yeah. They're both badass. They're great people, great people and great humans. And you know, it's like, it's to me, it's inspiring to stand side stage and watch her show every night because one, she's killer. And two, to see how much her fans love her. You know, that's what I want is I want to have that, you know? And so it's like cool to see that happen every night and to just know like that can happen. Um, but I, so Marin and I wrote a song years ago when she had first moved to town. I don't even think she had a publishing deal yet. And then we kind of like, you know, you felt, you know, lost touch a little bit. And then, um, when I dropped the first song off this record that I just put out 10 year town, I didn't have, you know, a manager or label or a publicist or anything. I just, literally put it up on YouTube or, um, Instagram. And, you know, she followed me. She's followed me through the years. We follow each other and keep up, but she posted about it. And so, you know, there were a few other Carly Pierce posted about it. Maddie and Tay, just kind of these art Brent posted about it. Artists started posting about it. And then I think it was like a few weeks after that, my booking agent called and was like, Hey, Marin wanted you to to offer you the slot on her tour this fall. So that was huge to me, Heck you yeah. know, and just like, it meant so much because, you know, I, I was looking for the magic in, had you stayed in touch with her since you pinned that first song with her? No, no. So like so for she- her to do that and like, that just had made, you know, I had, we hadn't been really keeping up, but I was just like, God, this girl's fucking awesome because she is so awesome. I have no record label, no management. I have literally nothing here. And she's, given me a shot to come out in front of her crowds every night, play these amazing venues. It's because that song touched her. Yeah. It had to be. Can yeah, you, can and you grab the guitar real quick? It's just like, like such a ballsy move to do that. You know, she could have had anyone, her her label could have been like, hey, we really think you need to put this young new artist that we just signed on your tour. And she was like, I want this girl who was waiting tables, who made this song that's great, and I love it, so I want that. How cool you know? is that? And so, so now this song, this, thank you, bro. By the way, this band ripped last night. You guys are <laughs> awesome. You guys are good friends. I can tell by the way you look at each other, right? Like you <laughs> yeah. keep. Are you guys good? Are you guys all tight? You guys all friends? We're all tight. You are. I don't. Did I touch a nerve there? No. I don't know. We're all tight. Ten year town is what you wanted it to be, and now it turned into a twelve year town. Now I'm yeah. starting to put this song together that I've listened to a hundred times in the last yes. seventy two hours. So, this song is, again, it's like there was a, a song that I think Bobby P. Um, Bobby rear, yeah, Rearview Town. Did yeah. he do this one? Did he do that one for Aldine? Uh, maybe. Yes. And he I wrote on that. This. He wrote on that. Yeah. Bobby is an amazing songwriter. He's incredible. He's an amazing songwriter. He uh, just had Eric Church's new number one. Some of it. He had Brothers Osborne's number one. Burning Man. How hot is that dude right now? Not physically. He's got a triple play. <laughs> but he wrote so many hits for Toby and and Sugarland and. By the way, I want you to. I want. I was thinking about you today when I was opening the door. I was listening to. 
the Christofferson tribute album because okay. I needed Ben to li- hear this song that Jennifer Nettles did on there. Okay. Have you listened to the I album? I haven't, no. Did, you didn't see it when they recorded it at, no. in Nashville? No. So um, I want you to go on and she does um, Worth Fighting For. Mm. And you got to listen to the vocals on yeah, it. Like dude. she's amazing. She's yeah. amazing to me. But I was th- thinking of like your show last night and I was like, man, that's really reminding me of freaking Jennifer Nettles when she was on the Christopherson. So I got it out for Ben today and the way that she starts out and builds into it, you got to listen to that track. Yeah, I'm gonna it, And you got to cover it. Yeah. Because you would kill it. And yeah, she just, she kills it. And Chris Christopherson sitting side stage with his legs crossed on a little theater kind of chair and his eyes are just like, you've got to be kidding me. And you can just tell like the, the, the feelings that was going on in the 70 year old man. He's like, Oh my God, listen to what's being my songs. Listen to what, like, is there a better feeling to have? Like you said the statement of I'm, I could just be a songwriter. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be unreal to stand side stage and see Marin rip in 10 year town and her crowd just, I just all glossy eyed over this girl Uh and you're sitting there going, that's me. Uh huh. That's mean. Yeah, that's and it's cool, cool to have the attitude that you might not necessarily need to be the one that did it because Dean Dillon wasn't. Yeah. And the girls that you talked about, when I hear a song like the tequila makes me crazy, yeah. Dina did that uh, with Strawberry yeah. Wine, right? Yeah. And then Kenny and yeah. Grace make it a huge hit. Right. That song was a hit twice. Right, totally. It's amazing. Totally. Like, that girl is sitting there going, that's me, and these people are still singing it. Here it is 20 years after Dina put it out, yeah. and Kenny and, and Grace Potter put it out, and it's amazing. Oh, and yeah. you go and you see it live, and you're like, it made me think of Dina Carter. And now you bring up the songwriters that I didn't even think about uh-huh. that that girl's sitting there living vicariously through these, all, right. all these audience members that are listening to that song. Totally. Amazing. Yeah. So you got 10 year town. It goes out, it starts getting tweeted and Instagrammed out by all these artists. You're getting blown up on text to the artists that know you because now this is where credibility starts to develop in, yeah. in the Haley Witter songwriting careers. Yeah. Now you're like, wow, there's validity behind this now because yeah. now it, opened a door mm-hmm. that now you have the opportunity to kick that door open further mm-hmm. and it's lit it's you know lined up more gigs yeah more opportunity mm-hmm. because of that optimistic attitude mm-hmm. and you must have sparked something in Marin back in the day to even make you didn't piss her off or yeah. she didn't or she wouldn't have contacted <laughs> you me. so I can picture Marin and Ryan sitting there listening to this song yeah and they're like holy shit yeah. Will you do a little bit of it for us? Yeah, totally. Awesome. Do you want me to do a little bit or do you want me to do the whole thing? I love it all. We, hey, this is your day. I just, I don't want to be that guy that's like, play every song. Play every song. Oh, I got the pick in there. No wonder it sounded weird. I'm 12 years into a 10-year town. Too far in to turn around. Too old to go back to school. Won't be much longer, I'll be old news Thought I'd be a big star now I'm 12 years into a 10-year town For 15 minutes of fame For somebody say your name on the TV Back of a city Waiting tables another month Waiting on that break to come All it's ever done is break my heart The new it girl fresh off the bus She cut right in front of the rest of us I need longer lashes and a shorter dress To be that overnight success 
Thought this year I'd wear that crown I'm 12 years into a 10 year town Fifteen minutes of fame For somebody saying name On the TV Back of the city Weighing tables another month Weighing on that break to come All it's ever done is break my heart I didn't come this far to only go this far Gotta get back up when you get knocked down Twelve years into a ten-year town This next song could turn it all around I'm twelve years into a ten-year town Wow. For real, that's so strong. Thank you. So, tell... Don't sing it, but recite the line of the bus, the girl getting off the bus real quick. Oh, How does it go? Uh, the new it girl fresh off the bus. She cut right in front of the rest of us. I need longer lashes and a shorter dress to be that overnight success. So we touched on that. That's exactly what we talked exactly about. Exactly what we talked about. And it's about. in your song. Yeah. So what are you feeling when you pin that? Are you pissed off when you pin it? Yeah. Probably jealous. Like, I wrote that song two years ago, and I literally remember, like, coming in um, to Brandy Clark, my co-writer, and we were, like, talking about this girl that literally, like, just got here, you know? And we're just like, fuck, how does that happen? You know? It's like, so it's exactly that. It's the comparing yourself, and, you know, it's just the mental anguish that comes with, you know, feeling like, you're getting surpassed by people. But the song wouldn't you know? be as good as it is. And that's Without truly tapping into it. Yeah. That is truly awesome. Totally. Like I, I like, I was like almost crying because it's yeah. like, if you, if you, uh, I don't, I don't mean to sound sappy, but that's what life is Yeah. because life is not about handouts. It's right. not about the world's coming to you on a platter. Right. People might think that, but it right. takes work ethic. It right. takes taking a risk. It takes investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. And that song says all of that in three minutes. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that line about the bus, I was thinking, well, she puts it in a way that this hot chick is getting all the favors, all the, you know, special stuff in high school. Mm -hmm. She gets the front seat. She gets off the yep. bus first. She gets, she gets front line at the hot lunch line and her teachers love her and she's yeah. wearing a shorter dress, whatever it is. And then you're like, no, that's not what it's about. But it's the same comparison. Totally. And now it's all about this girl that's been 12 years, at that time, 10 years in, in Nashville. Yeah. And it, you're sitting there pinning this with Brandy Clark, who's a badass. Mm -hmm. And then you that song turns into a door opening with Marin Morris, mm -hmm. who quite possibly could be on her way to stardom, mm -hmm. like superstardom. Yeah, totally. World, worldwide superstardom yeah. with how badass your career is going. Yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah. Um, 
and it's so touching and it needs to be on the radio. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. It should have already. It Will should you be, call the radio and I wish and I could call Buzz Brainerd right <laughs> now and be like, what is your problem? Okay, so Buzz Brainerd is one that was playing it. Well, then he needs to play he it He was more. playing it on Sirius XM The Highway, him and J.R. Schumann. You know, it's funny because I was in label meetings, you know, when some of this stuff is all happening. And they were like, I mean, I love 10-Year Town, but that song will never be on the radio. And I'm just like. Who said that? Like, just I exact? can't say names. I know you don't yeah, need to say names, labels. but labels. And so were. then, you know, Jr. and Buzz Brainerd one day, I get a text actually, you know, it was Michael, you know, Michael Hardy. He's a artist in country music right now, too. His parents are really dope. He's really dope. But Is that Hardy? Does he go yeah. by Hardy? Okay. His yeah. parents texted me because they heard it on the radio and they're like, look what's playing. And it was 10 Year Town and I had no idea that they were playing it. And so it was this real emotional moment. I'm sitting in my car about to go into the gym and they get this text and I'm just thinking a million things are rolling through my head because... Not even, you know, probably a month ago, I'd just been told, like, this song will never be on the radio. And then Buzz and JR put it on the highway. So just shit like that, you know? It's like the music business, you but never that know. Is a so- that is the song that's going to inspire somebody yeah. to want to do it. Yeah. Because it's not easy. And the, uh, the whole attitude that somebody can look at stardom through social media so easily and think that it's easy to do right. is got another thing coming. Right. I don't discount anything that Kelly Clarkson has done or, or Carrie Underwood or anybody that's won one of these shows. Mm -hmm. I don't discount it at all because they had, they had mad talent to win it. They had mad, they, they took a risk of going on it. It, it catapulted them into a, into a position to where they, they, they skipped a lot of the process of being a Nashville star. Right. Of of doing the honky tonks, of being at right. Layla's or being being at, at Whiskey Band and or at Tootsie's and, and 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 going back there and doing that gig. There's a guy named Dean James Jr. that's at Kid mm-hmm. Rock's bar every week, every night on on Broadway right now. Yeah, friend of ours, friend yeah. of Dean's. Cool, amazing talent. Yeah, insane talent. Yeah, and I'm like, he's still on Broadway. Right, it's been a year. I'm like, man, this shit does take time. Because when I heard yeah, him, I'm yeah. like, that dude is gonna be huge, and maybe he will. Right, but there's a process. Yeah. There's a process that comes with it and it's a work. It's waking up. It's going to writer meetings. Yeah. It's going, you got It's almost like having an entrepreneurial spirit to develop a country music career. Totally. You have to have a spirit inside of you to start something, to nurture it, to risk more, to invest more, to keep going. When you get knocked down, like your song just said, right. you got to get back up. Right. 2% of national businesses and brands make it past the infancy and nurturing stage. Yeah. God, that's 2%. Mm-hmm. Go national. Some number like in very low. Right. The chances are, are hard. Yeah. It's hard to become a professional baseball player. It's hard to it's hard to become a nurse. You gotta stay dedicated totally. to your studies. And then to stay a nurse that's passionate and loves what you're doing. Right. It's the same about songwriting. Right. I've written a hundred songs and I don't have one cut. Right. What in the f- is going on? Right. Are you serious? Like every song that you've written on there would be a hit. Like Marion could take that. <clears throat> and turn that into a hit. Don't know yeah. if she ever would, but yeah. that song is badass. Yeah. You need to be on the radio singing it more. So what I'm saying is like that song like puts it all in perspective of there is that little girl that's out there going, wow, I don't want the wool pulled over my eyes. I know it's not going to be easy because if you tell me that it's going to be easy, then I go there mm-hmm. and I'm 15 years into this and I freaking am getting drunk every night on Broadway and I'm freaking right. depressed as shit every day. <laughs> then I'm not, I don't want you to inspire me to do that. Right, totally. I want you to tell me up front that this is a, going on 12 years in a 10-year town. Yeah. And then I think Rearview Town is about like, see you later, I'm out, I can't take it anymore. Totally. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, 
it, it's there's there's something in that that is like way more substance filled than or filled with substance than telling them, hey man, just you come here, you're gonna be a star. Right. It ain't happening. Right. It's not happening. It's not easy. It's a process. It's badass. Yeah. It's so cool to know that at 17 you leave freaking Iowa cornfields. Mm-hmm. Is that where Field of Dreams was? Yeah. Kevin Costner. Oh yeah, that was our other little claim to fame. Little claim that to was fame. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> little Kevin Costner. But you leave there at 17 and now you're 12 years later at 30 years old. Yeah. 17 plus 12 is 29. I always try to do math. I know. But that's 30. I'm, my math's off. I just turned 30. <laughs> just, so, so. Yeah. So I'll that, be going on 13. That long. Year. That long. Yeah. That long. And I'm just hearing about you. Yeah. Not that I'm anybody. Yeah. But it's so awesome. Yeah. It's so badass that that song can touch people. Even if it's just me today. Right. I don't know if it touched these two again today because they've heard it I don't know how many times. I'm not looking for them for validation. I'm just saying like that's a cool song. Yeah. It's a badass Thank song. You. So that's yeah. three for three now. That's three for three of the, we're getting ready to hear Heartland. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's three for three that I brought up today that are badass, clever, witty songs with a message that is well constructed. Thank you. With an awesome freaking hook. Thank you. And I'm not, I don't want you to sit here and be like, oh, he's just saying this. Like, that's why when Ben's like, hey, have you listened to this deal? And I started listening. I'm like, I'd like to meet her. I'd like to talk to her. That's like, awesome. Because it's good. If it was just, if it was shit, like I didn't yeah. like it, I wouldn't be like, oh, I just need another country music person on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. Thank you. So maybe just one of our, I, we got a lot of listeners. Yeah. If just one of them hears that song today and goes, I'm going to her next show. And he brings three people and those three people say, Hey, you got to go check this girl out. She's unbelievable. Her band rips, her lyrics are amazing. That's what building a business is. Yeah. You have to start right there and be like, man, that just got out there like that. Yeah, dude. You can't close doors and say no to things that could be like, Hey man, that, that really launched something. Yeah. And I appreciate you using your platform to do that because that's, you know, especially not having radio, like having people like you who have, you know, an audience and a following and then, you you know, you getting behind artists like us and supporting us and feeding your fans with our music is just, you know, that's how people are going to hear about us. So I really appreciate you. No, and I love having uh, me on the show. Uh, and I wouldn't do it if you didn't appreciate it. But I know by just meeting you once that you are appreciative and that you're <laughs> humble. And I don't I don't want I don't like people that aren't appreciative. <laughs> yeah. I think that appreciation is one of the keyest assets in life. To not, oh, you don't need to overdo it, but you right. have to show it. Right. And if you don't know how to show it, you need to learn how to show it. Because totally. rudeness of skipping the appreciation process in a business deal or a negotiation or a friendship or just whatever it is that day. Right. I, I don't like that somebody could condescendingly treat somebody just because they're a McDonald's worker or a waitress. Right. Because I'm like, okay, ass, if you're going to go to McDonald's. And order that burger. Who in the hell is going to make it for you? Totally. So who, why would you want to? Why would you want to douse somebody? Yeah. Just because they might not be at your level. Right. Show them appreciation and respect. Don't right. treat a waitress. You're a waitress. You're a server. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them get treated like, "Wow, man, you are you're a badass. You're so yeah. awesome that you can talk to that girl like that and make her day by treating her like shit." That was really yeah. cool. I've seen it a lot of times. Gross. So anyway, I I think that it's awesome in in the way that our platform. I'm not bragging on this. Mm-hmm. But when I, w- I went to turkey camp like 12 years ago in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and I'm in, this, in the kitchen of this, uh, of this place we were staying at, and I hear this sound, and I'm like, what in the frick is that? And I walk a little bit closer. It's raining outside. I didn't want to go back outside, but they had this covered porch up on a two-story deck kind of deal, and it's a bunch of rednecks drinking moonshine, and there's this one laid back in this chair with a guitar, and he's singing a song called 50 Years Too Late. And I sat there yeah. and listened to the words, and I'm like, 
I'm a modern day John Wayne, got my daddy's last name, born 50 mm. years too late. And I was like, and I, and I still got, I just got goosebumps thinking about that song. And it was Leith Lofton. Mm. He wrote it with Drake White. Wow. And I walked up to the man and I'd never met him, never met him. And I had, we had a mutual friend from there, both from Mississippi. They both went to Ole Miss together. And he says, hey, this is Chad. He's got a duck hunting show on the Outdoor Channel. This is Lee Lofton. And I said, I want to put your music on my shows. Just like that quick. I never put an artist on the shows. Mm-hmm. Never had done wow. it. Never done it. I've heard wow. his music. I'm like, I want that song on my show. He's like, well, Hoss, you know, I ain't got a publishing deal. And, and uh, you know, I got a co-writer on it, but I'm sure he wouldn't care. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll bounce. Boom, 50 years too late it's on my show. And I was like, people would start writing in. Where, what's that song? It's a song. So then here comes another one. What's she going to do when the money's all gone? Leith happened to write that one with Drake. It's wow. now it's now our national theme song. It, wow. it, it intros every episode of this podcast and outros it. it. It's in almost every episode of The Foul Life. Leith. So here's where I'm going with this. Me seeing that in Leith not only sparked a lifelong friendship. He just left Canada. He played my birthday party in Canada last yeah. week. Here we are this many years later. Yeah. He just is about to put out his album uh, produced and recorded at Southern Ground Studios with Brandon oh. Bell and Zach. Zach brought him in there to do it. Started there. Then Drake White's music. Yeah. Jamie Johnson, Mowing Down the Roses. Ooh, that's a good song. Mowing Down the Roses is, he wrote with Jeremy Popoff from the band Lit. Cool. The founder of Lit. Remember how big Lit was? Remember country my person. own worst enemy? <laughs> I'm a little country. So he introduces me to Jeremy Popoff. Jeremy, we, we start talking. He's in Southern California doing his restaurant deal thing. We have a, a friendship. He goes, yeah, use it. I have my own worst enemy on the foul life. Wow. So then Zach Brown comes and hunts with us. I got chicken fried on the foul life. Huh? I'm like, that's, there's some publishing deal behind that. They, out of respect and out of, like, they respect and admire what we do, and we have an ultimate respect for them. My, uh, to me, it wasn't a joke. So when Leith, when I went to Leith and actually asked him to put his music on, it opened up all these doors to where now you see our credits of like music by Zach Brown Band, Jamie Johnson, Drake White, that's Leith cool. Lofton, Lit. And to me, that's a big deal. Huge. It's not bragging, but right. to know that this little duck hunter and his brothers from Reno, Nevada have a duck hunting show that you can listen to that kind of a song on is powerful to me. Yeah, totally. And that's where I'm saying is like, your music is like, touches me like that to where I would put it on there because it fits what we do. And this is the last thing I'll say about it, is that the main reason that the songs are chosen to be put in there, mm-hmm. it's because... It's who we are, and it's the way that they make us feel. Mm. So when I hear Jamie Johnson, the way that he wordsmith mowing down the roses, mm-hmm. to me, that's genius. Mm-hmm. And and that song fit perfect for this show, this part of the show that we are doing. I called Jamie. He, well, yep, done. And that's I was awesome. Like, I was like, oh, my God. So like all of that, listen to that 50 years too late and just walking up to a man and going, I'd like to, I'd like to use that. It spawned this like lifelong fascination that's turned into a lifelong I didn't go to Nashville until I was 30 years old. Wow. And I literally would move there in a heartbeat now. I love yeah. it that much. Yeah. I love it that much yeah. of Nashville. But it, it started this lifelong fascination in romance with that town. Even though I know it's there's a lot of shitty parts of the business, mm-hmm. I still love the mystique of it. And where it's came and where Tootsie's used to be and what it is now and what right. Broadway used to be and what it is now. Yeah. And so th- this whole music thing has been huge for us. Yeah. It's so big. And that's why when Ben said, will you listen to this? Because he sent me probably 30 of them in the last year. EPs <laughs> or serious? artists. Oh, yeah. Oh, my ask God. Him. You could ask him today. I won't say any of their names. I've talked to a couple of them. But when I listened to those five or six songs, and then he sent me a little fact sheet on you. You know, I've been, uh, what do you call it when you like... Uh, 
stalk you. Insta stalk. I've been insta. No, I don't insta stalk. I followed you today. <laughs> yes. I followed you today. Awesome. Did cool. you see me tag you I'm today? Gonna, no, I've been driving. I'm gonna have to go. Look, look, look at it. I said, uh, oh, I don't even know how to run this thing. About to go into the studio with this cat. Yeah, dude. This life ain't for everybody podcast, but first, me. but first this Yay. badass will tell us her story and how she is setting herself apart as a real country singer. That's so awesome, you. dude. And you're ripping. Yay. This life ain't Thank for everybody you. podcast. So strong. Check out Haley Witters and buy her music. That's awesome. Thank you. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's good. So that, that'll get watched by thousands and thousands of people Dude, because it's what we like. Yeah. Not that cool. we're anybody. Again, I want to make sure that we preface everything that all <laughs> it takes is a little bit of a good vocal or a good lyric. And I'm just like, man, that's music. Yeah. And it's kind of weird for me doing a podcast with an audience because I always have like this. And I'm not saying that they're just an audience, but it's like, I always wonder, like, how do people think of conversation. And the reason that I got into podcasting was because, and I told your band today, like they were into this table, right? I said, well, I want to start a company called Converse. Mm -hmm. I had this whole idea of this company called Converse and these boutique restaurants, and they were going to be no cell phones allowed. We don't, we don't need your social media validation. No selfies in here. No go into a table, into a restaurant and see four people there. And Drake White had a song on back to free is like, nobody's talking, but we're all on our phone. And I was like, I want to name a a company converse about these tables, these restaurants. And if you don't have something to talk about, we'll give you something. So if you come in here to eat or have a cold beer, you're going to talk to somebody face to face because there's a lot of people, maybe a little bit younger than you that don't understand that concept. Yeah. We might be in trouble in the next 15 years is my point of people that don't know how to have a conversation and don't know how to spell a word out and think that just putting some little weird, I'm like, what? What (laughs) We speak in symbols. And I'm just as, I'm just as guilty here. I am in my forties and I'm on Instagram. Like put it on who gives a (laughs) shit.com. It's the same stuff every day. And you're just like, but and then, but if you're ignorant and you turn your back to it, you feel like you're missing something. Right. Totally. They're, they're, they're forming us into a society that pretty soon we will not have to sit across a table. That's what they want. That's where it's going. It's creepy. This is why I love to sit around. So creepy. I, I got to t- meet you last night for five minutes. Yeah. But now I feel like, hey, man, we might have yeah. a friendship down the we road. We're going to go to a show and see her again sometime. Yeah. We yeah. might even be able to collaborate on a project where we totally. use your song. And here's another yeah. thing that we get to do with our musicians is that we have partners. And if you guys watch our show, we have a very uh, strong group of partners that support us in our Mm -hmm. sponsors and, and what we do. If you look at our trailers outside, you'll see that, you know, we have Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch and Bush beer and Bush light and Benelli shotguns and real tree brand camo. And I I don't brag on that. I'm humbled that they're part of it. So I get it. I get this text. I get this text from a core, a corporate, um, uh, you know, higher up in one of our title sponsors. I don't want you to read it out loud, but this is, this is where I'm going with this. Is this getting uncomfortable? I hope it's not. No, dude. Look at this. So right there on that gray one underneath, like in the middle of the screen, they just sent me that out of the blue. And that's a company that knows that we have those relationships. And boom, it turns into this to where they, and I've done it with Drake. I've done it with Leaf, where they go and they, they do these gigs. Yeah. 
and they fly them out there with their band and they play a big corporate event. Dude, that's great. And it's sick because now it's like, it's like all these touch points. Mm -hmm. It's all these touch points Mm -hmm. that all happen because we have this mentality that we are not entitled to this life. We're blessed to be able to wake up and go hunt a duck. I'm blessed to be able to go to your home state and sit in a cornfield and watch Mm -hmm. mallards pour in. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed. I'm not entitled. It's a privilege. Right. And then all these touch points come off of it because the common denominator of everything that's happening in my life is a mallard duck. Not that Mm -hmm. they're the most important thing, but because of my passion for a duck Mm -hmm. and meeting people led me to you. Yeah. It led me to Drake White. I'm sure I'll get to hang out with these guys today when we're Traegering. Our relationship with Traeger Grills Mm -hmm. wasn't because I'm a pit master. I'm average at best, but they make me look like an all-star. And now we have this unbelievable partnership with Traeger and we, we got this here. Look at this. This is the owner of a huge partner of ours that just happened today. And I'm going to give him your name today because I think you need to meet this cat. Hold on. I'm getting to it. Look at that. If it's uh, realistically, it starts with realistically in the gray box. And that just came off of an instance instance that happened to Arkansas two days ago. That is so dope. So if I go about that the right way, I said, holler at me in a minute or whatever I said to him. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Down in New Orleans, big deal. We send Traeger down there with all these grills. Pitmasters come in, have all this meat there and these foods, this backstage deal. Here's this badass name, Haley Witters. It touches the points. These people meet you. These people meet you. You got all That's this. So awesome. You have all this collaboration going on. They meet you. They fall in love with you. They love your songs. Then it's just getting out there in all these different ways. So that's why what your songs say means so much mm-hmm. to me because it's not about a gimme. Right. It's about getting that text and going, wow, man. I, I'm, yeah, I read it. I see what he's saying. But now I start thinking like, all right, let's turn this into something. Yeah. The interest is there because they've seen it work. They know the success of it. It's it's the proof's in the pudding. It's there. Totally. And so why not broaden it and be like, all right, let's do it. He's and that's exactly where he saw it done the other day. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, realistically, how much does this cost? And I'm like, let's just make it happen. There's always a way to make something happen, right? Yeah, totally. So that goes, that says, all right, well, let's get Haley down there and sing in front of a new audience, and it's a gig. And it turns into maybe some collaboration. It turns into some uh, uh, inspiration for you. You might be down there and and, and strike a song about something. It doesn't matter. It's just that to me, this whole lifestyle Mm -hmm. is, it gives me chills talking about it of like it all happened because of walking out on that deck that night and going, man, I don't want to use royalty free music on my show. Mm -hmm. I looked at my brother and I'm like, I don't, I just heard that. That was on a show yesterday. I don't want it on ours. We're different. That's so cool. We're different. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. I want freaking Bo Cephas on there singing Outlaw Women someday. Right. Probably not, but that'd be badass. <laughs> if, if me and you were on yeah. a duck hunt and Outlaw yeah, Women totally. playing or something, like, <laughs> that would be sick. But that's what I was wanting. I'm like, he's ne- nobody had ever heard of him in my circle, in our so circle. Crazy. Nobody had ever heard of Leith Lofton. And I could tell, I could show you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of private messages Dang. of how can I get that song? He, he wrote a song. He was the first person that Bobby Pinson put on his publishing company five years ago. And it's not, wow. it, it didn't go anywhere, but they wrote a song together called wingman. Mm. It is one of the most clever songs you'll ever listen to. And then they wrote a song called one whiskey away. That's on the new album. Both of those are on the new album. Dang. They're two songs that made me go, holy shit. Like that's all, that's music yeah, and it needs to be heard. So yeah. if our little audience, that's how, you know, it's grown over the years, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. If they can hear it, they deserve to hear it. Oh yeah. And these artists deserve to have that music played. Yeah. Those songs should be on blasted all over the radio, in my opinion. Yeah. Ten Year Town should be that, that song that you turn on and you're like, yeah, that's, that's as good as 
anything that's out there, uh, if not better. It's, it really is. There's you. a lot of good female artists out there right now that are putting good songs on the radio. Yeah. But the song that Ashley McBride did about the bar, um, the one that uh, uh, Hide the Wine that Carly Pierce did, yeah. I think. That song right there is better, as good if not better than those songs. Yeah. So there's got to be a breaking point to where somebody's like, yeah, that's got to that's got to be a money maker, a totally. revenue driver. Don't know how it happens. Totally. If we did, we would probably be rich. We'd be rich if you yeah. figure it out. Let me know. But maybe they know. Do you guys know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if they. I don't know if they know, but maybe Brent knows. We're gonna have to ask him tonight. God, he's so awesome. <laughs> he's great. I'm serious. Like yeah. that songwriting. Yeah, he's great. I love his songs. He's dude. so great. I don't have a bromance with him, but I have like this and like this weird thing that if I don't hear him sing at least once a day, yeah, my day is not good. Weird. My day is not as good. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, like I will figure out a way to get Siri or somebody to play a Brent Cobb song because it's that good. Yeah. I truly feel it's that really good. Really great. When he did Black Crow last night, I was just love like, Black Crow. Oh my god! I just the Black Crows were a good band too. Okay, mm -hmm. so. When you when you're from the heartland, mm -hmm. you got this song title because of that. Mm -hmm. But the wordsmithing behind it mm -hmm. is exactly what we started talking about. The lyrics to this song are as good, if not better, than Ten Year Town, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Thank you. So can we hear that one? Yeah, totally. Let me. Uh... Do you need to tune up? Ooh, you know what? I don't have a capo. Oh, we have one. Yeah. Okay. Not a real guitar player. Pretty good. <laughs> Heartland, Haley Withers. This is on. This is on the EP that is titled "The Days." We got some stuff to talk about that coming up too, but yeah. I can't wait to hear Heartland. Okay. I should be married by now. Two kids and a paid for house. I can hear them now asking what I'm doing now. I should have a little more to show than a suitcase smells like smoke. I should have an alibi on where time goes when it flies. Cause I've been on the rocks, I've been on the road, on the other side of every door closed. I've been on a limb. Trying to catch a break when something's gotta give, sometimes you gotta take. Take it down a fast lane, right back to your last name, to remind you where you came from. You're still shining in the same sun. It don't matter how high you've been floating in your blue sky, nothing gets you like goodbye. Station through the station. 
sometimes you just gotta go there just go there and it don't matter how high you've been floating in your blue sky nothing gets you like goodbye kid when life is out of your hands you gotta let your heart land yeah you gotta let your heart land Damn it, girl. You like that song? <laughs> I mean, come Thank on. You. Freaking. Thanks. What's the li- what's the line about the fast lane? The Take how you it lay- down a fast lane. No, right? but the way you say it is different. Take it down a fast lane. lane. Take, Take it down a fast lane. Right back to your last name. Yeah. Take it down a fast lane. Okay, so you're are you getting in the fast lane to get back home? Yeah, man. Right back to your last name. Get home. How sick is that line? Yeah. Take it down. And it's so, it's said like, instead of just saying, I'm going to get in the fast lane and go home, it's like, take it down a fast lane. Catches the last. Down the next line. With the fast last lane. lane. Right back to your last name. Where your parents are, where your home yeah. is, where your heart's going to land. Yeah. God damn, girl, that's strong. That is <laughs> so you. good and clever, man. Thank you. Really good song. Thank you. I love all of that. What's the, how does the, is it a long hook or is it a bridge? Or like how, because uh, it, it, it's like you go a while with that tempo and before yeah. you say the, the name of the song, the title, the hook, the heartland. Yeah, the heartland. It, what, is that the procession of that? Explain that to me because it's not like a normal song's written it, I, it, or am I wrong on that? It's, it's like you take a while to get to it Heartland. It doesn't really like set it up. Like you wouldn't think it, you wouldn't, you can't really see like it's going there maybe. Yeah. Is that what you kind of mean? Well, it's just like when you start with the blue sky. Yeah. You, it's, it takes a minute to, it takes a while to get to the Heartland. It's right. just, is that the hook? That whole thing, the hook? Yeah. Uh, life is out of your hands. I guess the whole hook would just be, life is out of your hands. Yeah. You gotta let your heart land. Yeah. It's just like a, like a wordplay thing. It's not so like nice. a, like a, like a, traditional country hook you know it's not but it's sick yeah yeah i love that you yeah your heart. see like that song is a hunting song like that's like yeah, we're in dude. iowa this week and that song's <gasps> playing you're like bam yeah it's perfect mm-hmm. but you had a publishing deal it we're just makes me happy it. it just makes me think about home yeah now when you're on stage with Marin, yeah you're there because of tenured town and her hearing this we we assume this mm-hmm how many songs do you get on a night on a set with Marin? So I'm the first opener for that set. So I have 20 minutes, 20 minutes, so I'm three doing times, like six, maybe five, four to five ish. Okay. So are you ending with 10 year town? Is that your, is that your, no, we end on the days we do heartland in the days, but we do a moment where it's like, same uh, as last night, right? Yeah. We're so. 10 year towns in the middle and we just do it. Just me on guitar and then he'll come in on the bridge and fill it in, but we just want to keep it kind of raw and stripped, you know, the first act of three. Yeah. The crowd's starting to filter in. Yeah. A lot of them are in the beer lines, merch yeah. lines, parking lot. You're up there singing. People yeah. are walking around. Some people are probably having conversations that don't include you. Yeah. It's almost to the point to where you're like, this may, hopefully one of them's listening to me. Yeah. Hopefully, Cause I've been there on those opening acts and watch them. And I'm like, Gosh, dang it, man. This has got to be tough. It's so, got to be tough. How do you how do you prepare for that every night knowing that the crowd's going to be in their fully stocked, loaded barrels ready to rock when Marin comes on? Right. But when you're there, 
they're kind of just filtering in and you got a few people in the pit, hopefully, depending on the seating arrangement yeah. of the venue. How do you prepare for that? And then does it get to the point to where you and the band are looking at each other like something's got to give, man? Or how, how, <laughs> how, 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 what's your mental state? We've been super lucky on the Marin tour. Marin's been very vocal about my music prior to the tour. So, and her fans are really great. Like they want to know who she's listening to. So honestly, I feel a little spoiled because when we went out on that first show, her fans already had like done their homework and they were there and they knew the songs and they were singing along. So I don't know. I mean, I think her fans are really great. And, um, you know, she's been posting about, you know, my music for a while now. So honestly, you know, it's not definitely not a full room yet, but there's a significant group of people there that are into it. We haven't had one night that we like looked at each other like, oh my God, this is not resonating. How cool is that? It's super cool. It's so awesome of her to help promote and get it out there because it helps her. I mean, it adds credibility to her to have badass musicians. She yeah. wouldn't have you out there just to waste somebody's time. Yeah. yeah. You know, obviously the realistic thought in it is that they are paying for the ticket to see Marin. Right. You are a bonus. Right. But that's what it takes. That's part of that process. Yeah. You don't get to be to where Marin did that too. Totally. Marin's in the tin roof. Marin was in places totally. where you're like, yeah, she's good, but she, you know, she had to pay her dues. Yeah. She did. And yeah. she's works her ass off. Yeah. She's strong. Yeah. She's, great. I think it's so cool though, that you get to go out and sing to people somewhere. I was going with the question is when you sing the song, mm -hmm. are you getting the reaction from the fans when you're looking down at the fans mm -hmm. and you, are seeing the way they're reacting to it. Are you getting the reaction that you guys want? Mm -hmm. Is it make you feel like, man, I can't, this is growing. This is going somewhere. Yeah. Because I'm trying to learn a little bit about your career, where you're at, because I, I just learned about you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, tenure town, especially is the one. And I think it's just because like, um, you know, I was told by Nashville that, that, Oh man, great song. It's never going to work though. And getting to see that, to fans every night because that's definitely the song in the set that everyone is singing every word to and oh holding gosh. up their phones and shit like that. And so that one is really emotional for me because I just feel like it's like, you know, the song Nashville said, man, it's just a little too specific to Nashville or it'd never be on the radio or it's not going to like, it's a great song, but it's just not really going to, you know, work on a mass scale. And to see fans like eating it up and knowing every word, it's just like an emotional thing, you know? And it's just like, just but even further it. proof of just like, do your thing. Stay in your lane. Stay in your Don't lane. Don't talk shit about people that are making it. Let Nashville be Nashville. Focus on your fans and just keep building music that you love. You I know? think it's kind of, it's got to be the cool. I wish I could get inside of your body when that feeling hits of like, God, look at, look at him singing my song that I don't, that I wrote. Yeah. I literally wrote this and here I am 12 years into a 10 year town and people are actually giving me some validation to yeah. with this song that yeah. I wrote because of the way that this town has made totally, me feel. Totally. It's yeah. so cool. It's an, it's an insane feeling. It's I think really great. I, I, I'm going to read some things. If you, if you give me one of these, if you're not allowed to talk about it, okay. um, 2019 Marin Morris tour was a success for you. We just went over that. 
2019 Brent Cobb tour, different kind of musician. He's on a, he's a, he's a songwriter. He's a performer. He's Americana. He's country as biscuits. He's, he's from Georgia. He's a badass human being. He takes you under his wing because of the publishing similarities with the come here. Is there a friendship? I don't know. You're going to have to ask him. I'm going to ask him like, what? (laughs) but obviously he knows something that, that we're all seeing. So this, this intimate setting last night on a Sunday night, you come out there and the crowd never once turns their back. Never once they're right there watching every song you were into it. Mm -hmm. It was awesome to see that. Yeah. And then Brent comes out there on the same stage and the audience is like giving them the validation of this is what we came to see. Everybody in that room last night on a Sunday night. Yeah. With 18 degrees outside, not your typical, you know, concert weather. At a place that's hard to get to, really, Lake mm-hmm. Tahoe. It's tough to get there in the winter. You guys go up there, and every single person in that room was there because of the music. Yeah. They, it wasn't because of, of pulling the wool over your eyes or a big lighting show or yeah. anything. It was because of the music. And the, to me, that's that's what the Brent Cobb tour is all about me when I go to see 100%. him. is I can't go take a leak. I yeah. can't go get a beer. Yeah. There's a guy in the Howard Stern show that wears diapers to his favorite band's concerts. Uh-uh. Richard Christie wears diapers That's and he's so 40. Good. That's <laughs> because great. he doesn't want to miss a song. He's like, That's dedication. <laughs> That's dedication. You know how long it takes to go to the bathroom at concerts sometimes? Yeah, it's terrible. 2019 Little Big Town one-off. Yeah. Badass band. Yeah. Do you have a cut with them? I do. Yeah, I wrote Happy People that was on the last record that they just put out, uh, The Breaker. The Breaker. Yeah. That's a badass song. Yeah, it was, you know, I wrote that with Lori McKenna and um, she's amazing. It was our first co-write ever together. And I literally was sitting in the Boston airport. I hadn't even left yet after our write. And my publisher was like, hey, Karen Fairchild just asked if the band could record this. No way. It was insane. And then they took it to radio and it's just a great song. Honestly, it was just a a message that we felt like needed to be said, I guess, you know, like. Yeah, you need to go listen to Little Big Town sing it. It's a, was it, you said it was with McKenna that wrote it mm-hmm. with you? And it's got a completely different message than one that we just, the one that you just did. Yeah. But it's still, how, ha, Little Big Town's harmonies are unbelievable. The way they put songs together, they're a great band. Yeah. I don't know really what level they are in country music as yeah. far as ticket sales go, but I know they have a faithful, loyal audience. Mm-hmm. But they have something that's way different than anything out there. That yeah. they're if you go back to uh what was the crawdad hole song? <gasps> Boondocks. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like they, that that's what put them on the map, in my opinion. Crawdad hole song. Was it a crawdad hole song? <laughs> it totally was. <laughs> I love that that's like the one part of yeah. it that's like because I grew up I grew up crawdad fishing, man. Yeah. That's what we so did where here are you? to eat. Oh yeah, you're from here. But yeah, I'm from yeah. the I live in the mountain. Like it's what we did. We go set traps. Y'all do y'all you guys jug fish back there, but we would take jugs and run our lines from with our traps underneath. We put bacon and cat food in there, yeah. whatever. And then we go and the biggest the biggest part of our trips with our dad was getting in that little John boat and going out there That's and cool. being seven years old, pulling that rope up and then taking pictures holding up big ass pinchers and cool. stuff, right? That's and then cool. t- and then tearing the tails and claws and getting a little butter whipped up and having yeah. a having a little crawfish feed. That's boil. great. We did it. We were the Westerners. We weren't even Cajun doing it out here. That's great. We were doing crawfish boils before I ever even knew what Cajun was. That's funny. And right here in Nevada, like Lake Tahoe where y'all were last night. Yeah. Freshwater crawfish, there's actually two commercial operations out of there now. We saw one this morning. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, we went down to the water and there was one just chilling on the rock. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I didn't and they're know they, were they, here. they eat good. They eat yeah. good. 
So you there was an announcement made today, according to my notes? Yeah, Tell Jordan Davis. It. Yeah, I'm going to go out on tour with Jordan Davis next year. Awesome. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah, he's a great dude. I've known him and his brothers for or his, him and his brother Jacob for a long time. They're from Louisiana, Cajuns. Duck hunters. And are they duck hunters? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, uh, we, you know, used to write some songs and... Uh, my manager had sent him my record and he asked me to come out next spring. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to be like direct support. So I'll have like a longer slot and you know, I've heard his fans are great as well. Oh, yeah. Stoked to, I think I've seen him with Riley green one time. Yeah. I think, I think it was, if I can't remember, I saw him. I saw him. He's great. He was yeah. awesome. So this is, um, is there anything to announce on it when the first date is for, do you know the location? Uh, tickets yet? are on sale Friday. I think so. It starts in January and Cassie Ashton is the other opener on it. She's doing like 14 dates and I don't know when they start. I think our first date is like January 20th or something, maybe 25th, 27th. Wow. I can't add 25 January 25th in Detroit, Michigan. Well, that's that. That was a fifty-two because you always go left to right. So that's yeah. kind of there. It is confusing. <laughs> confusing. So you have, you have anything out here? Are you? Do you know the regions you're in? Okay, so we're doing. I'm gonna have to like look at it again. I know we're doing. We are in California. I want to say we might be doing Sacramento again. I think we're doing San right, we'll, Diego. We'll we'll get get to one. Ooh, I like. San yeah, Diego. dude. Please let me know yeah. if you guys are gonna come. Oh out. yeah, we're gonna come out. Because we'll did you have merch tickets. last night? I have, she, I have shirts. Yeah, I, I want to get. Did you guys bring them down the hill? Uh, no. I'm, I'll have you ship me some. Yeah, I'll, or I'll have Ben some. ship me yeah, some. Yeah, I'll get you some. I want to. I want to um, wear them on the show. Yeah, I, I think that'd be cool. I'm gonna get Heartland shirts, so I'll send you one of those. You yeah. like those? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are they gonna be unisex? I think Is so. unisex. The word they might use? look a little feminine. <laughs> They're gonna look a little feminine. Uh, let me see. Let me I, see what I got. Just make me a custom. They haven't been made yet. Yes. Two. September 13th, 2019, released the first half of her record, which we talked about, which all these badass songs are on. It's titled The Days, available on all platforms right now. The second half, is yeah. this allowed to be talked about? Yeah. The Dream will be coming in January or sometime in first quarter of 2020. We're going to keep it vague on the date for now yeah. because we don't know exactly when, but yeah. what can we expect this? Is this another five or six songs? Yes. That's going to back it's up. It's going to be the back half of the record, another five songs. So then will you, will, will it be a completed record by then? That yeah. would be, that's a, that's yeah. cool. So it's like, we're being a little, you know, liberal with the way we're releasing it just because being an independent artist, you know, we wanted to make sure that we could kind of like keep the buzz going. You know, I, dropping songs and keeping Is it going to be as good as this one? I know you're yeah. supposed to say yes. You're as proud of these next ones that are coming out as this one. Because yeah. this one's hard to beat. Yeah, there's a song in particular that I think you're really going to like off the Because when I, when I heard Shine on a Rainy Day, I'm like, you can't do better than that. Don't put out another record, Brent. And then he yeah. brought Province out, and I'm like, I don't even barely listen to Shine on Rainy Day anymore, which sucks because it's so awesome. But when you put on Province Canyon, I find myself like the third time into it in a day, and I'm like, I just listened to this album three times. Yeah. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Like, I can listen to that album track to track like all day. And I'm and that's what this one's going to be. So now that we're going to yeah. get more good music from you coming sometime in the next four or five months. Yeah. You promise. In January, February. In January. Yeah, there's a song on there called Janice in the Hotel Bar that I think you'll love. Hmm, are we allowed to hear it today? We might end this set on it if you know it. But I'm gonna, uh, but I have a really special capo I have to well, use. Well, where I'm it. going with the last song before before Do you know we know how get, to play it, Ethan? 
No. Okay. Before we get out of here, I'm going to let you pick your last song. I do want to okay. hear one more if you'll please do one totally. more for us. So the, the, the second half of the album, The Dream, will be out first quarter 2020. October 25th, you released another single. Was that it says that October 25th that Heartland Acoustic was going to be released? Yeah. And that has been released. Yeah. On all platforms. Yeah. So you guys just heard that song here, what she just did acoustically, sitting in a little podcasting studio over a badass table that her band is trying to formulate a plan to get on their Sprinter van tonight. <laughs> I can already see their wheels turning. So Heartland is a badass song. And then this one's awesome. You're going to play, is this, can you talk about this last one on the list? Stagecoach in 2020. Yes. yes, I'm so stoked. I've been wanting to play Stagecoach forever. I've always seen that lineup come up, and I've always been like, when do I get to play that? And so I'm just stoked to be on it uh, next year, and I think I'm on the same night as Alan Jackson and Eric oh, Church. Frick. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be amazing. Now, uh, Chief, was it Chief that had – Chief was Chief the badass album? I'm trying yeah. to think of – Chief was great. Did it have Springsteen? Yes, and, and, like, drink, yeah. and the drink song on it of uh, – all you gotta do is give me a drink. And what was the song about buzzing? Oh, drink in my hand. Yeah, drink. Buzz. Creeping. What, creeping. God, that song is badass. Was that the one that had the only joint mama burned down? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great song too. Was it? That song was on there? Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Wasn't it? I thought it was. I don't know. I like that song. We need to fact check your band. Jeff Hyde's pretty dope. <laughs> he he wrote some of that stuff. That He's song great. that he did on his album after that or two after that record year. That song. Yeah. Remember that song he did yeah. record year? God, it's so well written. Yeah. He talks about I mean, just <laughs> I owe you a beer Yeah. for my record year. Yeah, he's great. Another play on words that songwriting allows because it's just, I mean, it's still clever. He's a he's clever, man. That dude is strong, strong. Um, the career is taken off, in my opinion, right now. I don't even know much about it. Yeah. But from what I've seen since discovering you or getting told about you, um, it's awesome to see, like, you're, like, got an EP – but all this stuff is going on with the Marin show and the, yeah. and the Brent Cobb tour and now Jordan Davis and the yeah, little, and, and it's going to keep going because the shit's awesome, man. Or girl. Yeah. Keep you your fingers me, crossed. Man. You keep your fingers crossed. You keep kicking ass. I love all of it. Thank I think you. you're humble and a great person. Thank you. You should be a hunter. You should eat wild game sometime. I love wild Tonight game. we're going to have what we call tri-tip out west. Being from Iowa, you yeah. might know what a tri-tip is. Yeah. It's a, it's a different Eat. cut on the cow. A lot of people in the south, they don't have it in the south. So when you yeah. go to Tennessee and be like, let's go get some tri-tips. They're like, eh. Yeah. So like, we're going to have tri-tips tonight. We're going to have duck. We're going to have asparagus, Brussels sprouts, watermelon, Caesar salad. We're going to do it all out here on the Traeger with you guys, your band, and the Brent Cobb band. So we're going to start doing that. Um, they're going to start rubbing the meats down Drink here. Some in beer. We're just going to do a lot of cold beer here. Trulies. Have you had one of these Trulies or these? Are White you claw. two I've had White, some White Claw, claw. mango? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a swimming pool out here. And, I and during the summer, you'll find me standing there with a the Truly in my hand, which is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I'm not even supposed to say that because we're with Bush and all them, but I like them somewhat. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. But they, everybody's drinking them now. Yeah. Like their sales are like bigger than some beers down here. Yeah. Okay. Haley Witters on Instagram at Haley Witters. H-A-I-L-E-Y-W-H-I-T-T-E-R-S. Her album out on iTunes and other platforms right now is the days part two the dream is coming in first quarter 2020 she is a badass her band is legit go see their live show catch them on the jordan davis tour starting in january 2020 um website for tour dates is haleywitters.com haleywitters.com go download 
red wine and blue heartland 10-year town listen to the lyrics listen to the way this young lady composes her lyrics wordsmith clever witty badass musician her band supports her they were rocking it last night we had a blast she's going to go out with a bang right now i don't know what she's going to play she's going to surprise us she's thinking it over in her head we wish you the best of luck humble to know happy to meet you and you guys, thank you so much for listening to This Life Ain't For Everybody. Instead of outroing today with Leith Lofton and Drake White's song, What You Gonna Do When The Money's All Gone, we're gonna let our new badass friend Haley Witter sing us out on, yeah. on this song right here. Thank you all so much. Please support our partners and sponsors of This Life Ain't For Everybody. The new The Foul Life podcast is available. The response has been awesome to that platform. And thank you for watching all the new episodes of The Foul Life Season 11 airing right now exclusively on The Outdoor channel you can find all of our new merch at the and find us on all the instagram facebook and twitter platforms at the foul life tv thank you so much again for all the support of our brands and check out our new website jargongamecalls.com for your new duck call they're kicking butt people are loving them the response has been humbling Haley witters no more talk by me sing us out this girl is awesome thank you all so much for listening okay i'm gonna play happy people because that's a little big town song love it people don't lie they don't judge or hold a grudge they don't criticize happy people don't hate happy people don't steal all the hurt sure ain't worth the guilt they'd feel if you want to know the secret you can't buy it gotta make it you ain't smile on your face whatever makes you happy people happy people don't fail happy people just learn don't think they're above push or shove they just wait their turn and they always got a hand or a dollar to spare Know the golden rule and what you're going through, even if they never been there. If you wanna know the secret, you can't buy it, gotta make it. And you ain't ever gonna be it by taking someone else's away. So never take it for granted. You don't have to understand it. But here's to whatever puts a smile on your face. Whatever makes you happy, people
happy people Cause life is short Love is rare And we all deserve to be happy while we're here Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much. We signed our guitar. We signed our guitar. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you were here. Totally. Haley Witters, everybody. Thank you for listening today. <laughs>